Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I knew for a fact there was nobody else in the house. It was just the four of us. And then there was this big thud crash from upstairs with this extended grinding noise that sounded exactly like a heavy old piece of furniture being pushed across the floor. That night when I went to bed and turned off the lights, I was thinking it could be in here right now and it could be looking at me and there's nothing I can do about it. Welcome to The Ghost Files. My name is Karina Machado and I'm the author of Spirit Sisters, Where Spirits Dwell, and Love Never Dies. For decades, I've been listening to ordinary people tell me about their extraordinary experiences with the spirit world. Now, I'm going to share these moments with you, bringing you all new interviews every week with people who have a spooky story to tell. From seeing an apparition, to receiving signs from beyond, and messages from late loved ones, plus so much more. What can an encounter with the dead teach us about living? Find out each week on The Ghost Files. Joining me today in the studio is Matt, a digital editor from Sydney whose spooky experiences in an old terrace house culminated in a chilling encounter that he'll never forget. Welcome, Matt, to The Ghost Files podcast. It's lovely to have you on. Well, thank you for having me. And you've got a ripper of a story, and I'm so excited to share it with our listeners. Yeah. So let's begin by you telling us a little about yourself and what life was like for you around the time that you began to have these experiences. Right. Well, I'd uh, been in Sydney for a couple of years, having a good time, young single man, enjoying myself, living in, moving from share house to share house, as you often do in your um, in your 20s, having a good time, not thinking too much about ghosts or anything of that nature, just going out partying a lot, having a good time, going to work work until uh, one day I moved into this new house in East Sydney, which was unlike any other house I've ever lived in and certainly unlike any that I've been in ever since, that's for sure. Oh, well, describe this house. What was it like? Right. It's in East Sydney, which is a sort of a historic part of um, central Sydney, really, really short walking distance to the CBD, quite close to Darlinghurst, that sort of King's Cross, that sort of area. Um, old terraces, um, some of them quite modest, some of them not modest. Um, I found out after the event, after I'd moved out, that this was quite a historic area in the sense that it was uh, the centre of uh, the Razor Gangs, um, which was a notorious criminal movement back in the day in Sydney where, you know, there, a lot of people being slashed and so on and so forth. And Underbelly even made a, a series about it, which was uh, Razor, which is about Tilly Devine. And yeah. I also found out after the event that she lived just a couple of houses down from where uh, where my house was. So, yeah, there was, there's quite a lot of history in this street. Oh, intriguing intriguing. Mm. And so you were sharing with some other people yeah. in this house? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sharing with um, three friends. Um, it was just a not very normal share house. Uh, we, we weren't home a lot you, to begin with at least. Um, uh, we enjoyed each other's company. We'd see each other after work, so on and so forth. So everything was very normal for a while. Yes. For a while. Okay. Yeah. So how long had you been living there 
when the strange events began to happen? I'm going to say uh, a few weeks, a few weeks. Uh, I'd moved into a few different places in my time and I always sort of find that when you move into a new place, especially when it's an old house, you sort of take a little while to feel totally at home. Like you sort of feel you're in someone else's place, have that sort of feeling, but yes. nothing too untoward at all. Um, and then one day we were all of us, all four of us were down in the living room watching TV and I knew for a fact that there was nobody else in the house. It was just the four of us. And then there was this big thud crash from upstairs with this extended grinding noise that sounded Ooh. exactly like a heavy old piece of furniture being pushed across the floor. And we all looked at each other and like, what the hell was that? Because we all knew there was nobody up there. And I was finally the only one who sort of plucked up the courage to say, well, you know, someone's got to go and look and find out what that was. Because the only thing I could think was maybe an intruder come in through a window or something because – and then I also thought maybe, you know, maybe an animal's got in or something like yes. that, although I, I didn't really think that was likely because I couldn't see how a possum could move a heavy object like you know, what, the, what it sounded like. So I, I eventually got up, went up the stairs, and I, this is the only time in my life I've ever experienced this feeling of – actually having to consciously move your leg up to the next step and up to the next step because I was thinking, what the hell is – is there going to be like a, a crazed ice junkie up there with a knife or something like that? And so they're all rational things that are going through your head. Yeah. At this point, you're thinking yeah. it's a fi- there's a physical reason for this event. Well, yeah. There, there, there could, it, it was definitely not like normal house settling sounds. It wasn't creaking boards because the temperatures have changed or – Something like that. It was the distinct sound of a very heavy object being scraped across the floor. So I forced myself up the stairs and my heart beating and I uh, methodically went through all of the rooms up there and there was nobody there. There were no animals up there. All the windows were closed. So no one or nothing had gone in and out a window. I couldn't find any obvious furniture movement. Like I couldn't see anything that had obviously been moved from where it was before. So then I just thought to myself, there has to be some explanation for this. I'll just compartmentalize it in my mind and forget it ever happened. Because what do you do with something like that? Exactly, yeah. Um, Especially when nothing like that had ever happened before. So you just think, okay, whatever it was, I just don't understand it, so let's move on. So you you were thinking, but you didn't really want to accept that there was some sort of paranormal explanation. Well, not at that point because nothing else had happened then. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I had to reevaluate after a series of other things happened too. All right. So events, would you say they snowballed from this moment where this crashing noise happened or was it sort of a creeping? Well, things started to happen, but I I continued to rationalise them until something I could no longer rationalise happened, but we'll get to that later. But the next thing that I distinctly remember happening was I started, I had three or four incidents where I'd wake up in the middle of the night feeling like, Something was on me and pushing down on me. Right. Um, I rem- distinctly remember one incident where I woke up gasping for air and I leapt out of bed and ran for the door because I sort of thought in my hazy dreamlike state that perhaps there was a fire and uh, this sense of be- suffocation was coming from smoke or something like that. Okay. Now, I, I rationalised all of these things and I thought, right, it's a it's a dream, it's a nightmare, it's... Uh, sleep paralysis, which I knew all about. I knew all about that. So I yes. thought maybe that's what that is. But it's worth noting that I've never had anything of that nature ever before or ever since. Yeah. I'm not prone to sleep disturbances. I've never had a sleep paralysis before or since. But anyway, I brushed that all off because right. I thought, okay, there's a rush, rational explanation for that. That's what that is. 
But then what happened next, there's no way I could uh, ra- uh, rationalize it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, so how for how long did these sort of strange events ha- go on for in the lead up to what you're about to tell us? Oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to guess it's around three to four weeks. Okay. So yeah. a relatively short period of time for someone who's been in the home for not a very long period of yeah, time. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So one morning, I'm pretty sure it was a Saturday morning. Um, no alcohol was involved. No mind-altering substances was, were involved. Nothing of that nature. I woke up and there was a man, a fully formed man, standing at the end of my bed. Um, I turned my head to look at him properly. He turned his he, he turned his head to look at me. Mm. Uh, this was all in a matter of I'm going to say uh, three or four seconds. He had been looking, before he turned his head to look at me, he'd been looking at a, at a Virgin of Guadalupe shrine, like the Mexican Virgin Mary. I had that in the corner and he was looking at it. And when, he, when, when I rustled to look at him, he looked away from that to look at me. His head turned to look at me straight in the eye. Then he faded away from the inside out, leaving an outside line of where his body was. And I was just laying in bed thinking, I've just seen a ghost. Wow. There was no other explanation. It was all in a matter of seconds. But the interesting thing was I wasn't frightened. I just accepted it. Yes. It gives me goosebumps to hear it. It's yeah. A, it's a great story. Yeah. And so you say that it was the morning. Was it? Was there light? Yes. It was a, it was, I, if I had to guess at what time of day it would be, it was probably, I'm going to say about 10 o'clock or nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, so yeah, quite. Um, yeah. yeah, there was Almost. a big window near my bed. So there was a lot of natural light. Yeah. The room was fully alight. There was no ambiguity about the shape or anything sure. like that. Yeah. And um, so you just woke up, your eyes just flew open. Yeah. Was that, do you feel in retrospect that he sort of drew you awake or do you think, what do you think woke you? I just think, no, I, I didn't have any sense of alarm or there's someone watching me or anything of that nature. I, I was just awake and there he was. And as I say, he, his attention was on, on the Virgin Mary. It wasn't on me. <laughs> so interesting. Until I moved. <gasps> Until you moved. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so the interactive quality of the encounter is absolutely fascinating because it, there's communication and yeah. there's interaction. And first of all, it's extremely rare to see an apparition at all. Yeah. And secondly to have interaction with it is mm. really the stuff of movies yeah so it's it's a fabulous story um so i want to just unpack it a little bit more yeah. what how old do you think he was i think probably i'm gonna say late 20s early 30s perhaps maybe late 30s uh mid 30s at the latest okay and so he looked like a flesh and blood per- fully, person. Fully yeah. solid to begin with, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And what was he wearing? Well, what I might remember most about him was his face and his head down to his shoulders because that's what I was looking at in that time. And he had uh, blondish, blondish, sandy blondish hair down to his shoulders. And I, I was thinking at the time probably he was a person from the 60s or 70s or substantially earlier than that because I'm not really a fae with the fashions and hairstyles of a long time ago, but I know the okay. long hair has been popular in other previous eras. Yes. Um, I don't remember the specifics of his clothes except that he was fully clothed. Okay. That was a, I, I could just see that, but I wasn't um, paying a lot of attention to the clothes. 
Okay. And in that moment when he turned his head to look at you, mm. you still didn't feel afraid? No, because I was just taking it. I was accepting it. I was just taking it in. And there was nothing particularly threatening or alarming about his demeanor. He wasn't looming over me with a knife or about to strangle me or anything like that. He was, I just had enough time to take in what was happening and accept what was happening without thinking about what was happening. Okay. Yeah. And how far away from you would you estimate that he was? Just the uh, the end of a, a normal bed length. He was literally right at the end of the bed. So his legs are probably touching the end of the bed. That's very close to you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and was he a tall man? Mm, I'd say average height, average height, not as tall as me. I'm 6'3", so um, yeah. Okay. Tallish. A- tallish. And do you believe that he was wanting to communicate anything to you in that interaction? No. What, what I thought was that he was he, he is att- was attached to the house rather than interested in me specific from ah. that from that moment he he was paying attention to this shrine so he was aware of the house as it was now whatever he is or was he wasn't living in the past in inverted commas he was aware of what he could see me and he could see my possessions so he wasn't like in his mind I'm sure he wasn't living when he was you know, decades ago when he was alive. Mm. That's what I found interesting, that he was interacting with the environment as it is now. It's very interesting. It kind yeah. of fries the brain a little bit, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you said that you thought to yourself, I've just seen a ghost. And, yeah. And then what did you do, Matt? I just accepted it and um, just thought about it a bit during the day. I wasn't alarmed or anything like that, just thinking about it. But that night when I went to bed and turned off the lights and I was laying in bed, I was thinking, I wasn't feeling threatened, but I was thinking it could be in here right now and it could be looking at me and there's nothing I can do about it. And that made me very uncomfortable. Oh, gosh. Not frightened per se, but uncomfortable, yeah. And how did you, were you able to get to sleep eventually? Yeah, yeah. well, I never saw it again. You never saw anything. No, And did the sleep paralysis stop after the you saw him? That's my recollection, yeah. Okay. So yeah. it was like a build-up to, yes, to seeing yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. And you mentioned the historical area and the yeah. Razor Gangs. Um, did seeing him sort of ignite an interest in you know, researching the house or the area? How did after you come the, to learn? After that? the event, yeah. yes. I did a lot of Googling about it after I moved out. And it's interesting that a lot of the sort of the really deep thinking about it happened after I'd moved out. Like um, – with my housemates, we never discussed any of this while we were living in the house, because partly because we were so busy. I wasn't, you know, embarrassed about it or anything. You just, you, you might see them, like, see your housemates on a Friday night, we'd go out for a drink or something like that, and we'd be talking about other things. Sounds very odd now that we never spoke about it, but one of my housemates, I did catch up with him, I'm going to say several weeks after we'd both moved out, and it just, I, it just came to me halfway through a conversation, I said, did anything strange ever happen to you in that house? Because I didn't want to lead him on or mm. plant anything in his mind or whatever. And he, he just said without missing a beat, he said, oh, yeah, I, I always tell people living in that house is like living in that film The Others with Nicole Kidman. Oh. And I thought, whoa, because <laughs> we had not contaminated each other with scary stories sure. or suggestions or anything like that. And then he told me that he would quite often be home during the day while the rest of us were at work because he, he was a lawyer and he was doing different hours and all sorts of things. And he said – there were several occasions where he'd be at home upstairs and he would distinctly hear footsteps downstairs, someone walking around the house and he'd come down and no one was home and all the doors and windows were closed. Mm, yep. But the big thing that happened to him was he said one day he was getting out of the shower and he distinctly felt a body brush past him. Oh. 
brushed past his naked body. Yeah, so it's like he was in no doubt that the house was haunted. And how long after the you saw the man, Matt? Yeah. Did you move out? Oh, quite a while. So I'm going to say, well, I'll say months. Months. So it's several your, months. I'd say your probably, moving yeah. out didn't have anything to do no. with the experience. No, no. Okay. I mean, after besides that first night afterwards, I was never particularly concerned. You just get on with it. Yes, it's it's interesting. In all of my years of researching these stories and hearing people tell me stories like yours, we certainly don't do the Hollywood thing and run for the hills when we see something. Most no. most of the time, people. Like you, they just think, oh, and then they get on with their day. They yeah. might vacuum the, the carpet or they might go back to sleep. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, if a knife went flying at my head or, or <laughs> objects got thrown around, I probably would move out, but there, nothing like that happened. I mean, in retrospect, what I thought at the time was sleep paralysis, some of that was a bit creepy. Um, that makes me a bit uncomfortable in retrospect. I don't know what was going on there. It was, it's not comfortable to think about. Yes. But at the time, it's, I didn't piece it all together and it certainly didn't alarm me enough to make me want to move out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's just such an amazing story. And do, do you talk about it these days? Sometimes, you... but only when it comes up in conversation, which is rarely, because I don't think about it often. And sometimes I just think, wow, oh, that happened to me. Yeah. It's it's a strange thing. And I've never, ever had anything of, of that nature ever happen to me before or since. And I've lived in many, many houses in different cities, in different countries, lots of really old houses, stayed in really old places all around the world. Nothing like that has happened to me before or since. I'm not prone to this at all. Does it make you think that the man might have had some ancestral connection to you? Well, you wonder about that, but my my gut feeling was that he was attached to the house and the fact that my friend who we were just friends, we, we were not related or anything like that, he also had the same experience, makes me think that it's, n- it's nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. It's probably about the house. It's intriguing. So how do you reflect on it today? Well, I, I do say to people that although it was a fascinating thing, it hasn't answered any questions for me at all. All it's all wow. the one thing that I can take away from it is that I know that life is just not flesh, blood and bone. There's something else. There's something else. Maybe there's different layers of existence that we don't understand and that some people at least or some part of them at least continues on after death is what I take from it. And that's not a knowing that you had prior to seeing him. Well, you wonder. You yeah, wonder if there's yeah, life after yeah. death or you wonder if there's such a thing as a soul or a spirit. And but until you see something tangible like that, you can't deny it really. You can't. And I'm just going to finish with the question that I ask all of my guests on The Ghost Files and that is what can an encounter with the dead teach us about actually living life today on the earth? Think about the bigger picture. Think about the fact that there is so much more. There must be so much more than just a purely physical existence and what that possibly means. The big question. It's it's indeed a big question and it's a big story and it's been absolutely lovely to hear it from you today in the studio. Thank you so much, Matt, for joining us today on The Ghost Files. No worries. Thank you for opening up The Ghost Files with us. I'm Karina Machado and we'll be back next week with more true life tales of spooky encounters. So please subscribe so you catch every episode. In the meantime, you can check out my other podcast about mysteries and marvels, Spirit Sisters, based on my best-selling book. Thanks again and we'll catch you next time for more Goosebumps.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.